So you may have been hearing me talk recently about my new course, Scale Your Way. I released it earlier this year in 2024. And if you have not gone through the course individually or inside of my community, Web Designer Pro, you are in luck because I have distilled some of the most important topics and highlights in that course into a free masterclass for you. And it is going to help you and give you the clear roadmap in order to build and scale up your web design business in a way that works for you. So you can get access to the entire free training at joshhall.co slash scale. Again, it is completely free. It's 50 minutes plus. It is basically a coaching session on scaling that you and I can have together. And I'm going to share with you the top tips, many of which are pulled from the course and it'll give you the roadmap to be able to scale up your business your way. Pick it up today for free at joshhall.co slash scale. 2024 would be a really great year for your customers to invest in SEO services, even at a maintenance level, so that you can follow along on their performance and communicate to them in a monthly report and, um, and help them navigate this change, maybe help them create a content strategy um, in alignment with, um, you know, the, the idea of series and questions and conversational, um, search and things like that happening. So to me, it's nothing but an opportunity. And, uh, and it's just one of these big ways that you add value and create contrast between your services and the way many others are talking about SEO. Welcome to the Web Design Business Podcast with your host, Josh Hall, helping you build a web design business that gives you freedom and a lifestyle you love. Well, oh well, my web design friends, if AI has not infiltrated enough of our lives, because it's already infiltrated web design content, copywriting, messaging, web design builds and design, even web design code, next up is SEO. More specifically, Google is going to be rolling out here very soon, by what I see, its new AI experience, which is currently dubbed Google's generative search experience. Essentially, what that means is when you Google something and you search for a keyword, currently you see a SERP, a search engine results page. Uh, That is about to change dramatically with Google's new AI initiative. Now, I am no SEO expert. But I have a couple in my uh, in my back pocket, and one of those is Lindsay Halsey of Pathfinder SEO, which is one of the best training programs to help you not only learn SEO as a web designer, but to help you package up your SEO services and sell them for clients. So I turned to her for this, and we had a really good conversation here, and it was really a learning experience for me to ask some questions about what to expect with this new search experience that Google is about to roll out and get a feel for timing of it, all the ins and outs of this new Google AI that is about to be unleashed on us. Uh, Not a bad thing, just it's super important. We got to be on top of what's going on with this. Now, the really cool thing before we dive into this is that you can repurpose this chat for your own content. I want to say that again. So if you're multitasking, come back to me, or if you're driving, turn it up. I want to... I want you to feel encouraged to take this conversation. Make You can go to the show notes for this episode, joshhall.co slash 313 is where you'll find this one. Take the outline and make it your own and let your clients know there's a big new thing that's about to happen. And for them, just call it Google AI and just tell them the way you come up online is about to change. And you can make this an upsell 
for your web design services. As you learn more about this new experience, you can help not only on-site work for your website, but ongoing work for your clients to help them maximize where they're displaying and how they're displaying with this new Google search experience. So I just wanted to personally tell you, I will take no offense. And actually, I encourage you to go to the show notes for this page. Take the the transcript is there. All the links that we talked about are mentioned there. Make it your own and send a newsletter out to your clients. You don't have to do anything for them. Just let them know. Heads up. This is going to be coming down the road. I will get back to you once I know more. And then you can sell it as a service. So you're welcome. Without further ado, Lindsay Halsey of Pathfinder SEO is here to shed some light on Google's new AI initiative. Here we go. All righty. Well, Lindsay, welcome back on to the podcast round two. Uh, We've got an important topic to dive into here, I guess, with specifically AI and SEO. So uh, look, if it's SEO, I know where to go. So thank you for coming back on. Thanks so much for having me here, Josh. Uh, So let's start there. Like you you mentioned before we hit record, we're not going to talk chat GPT necessarily. But AI is having a big impact on every aspect of of our industry. SEO in particular is going to be interesting because Google is, is it out now or are they like, is it in beta with the generative SEO stuff? Like, I guess what's going on with AI in the term, in terms of SEO? Yeah. So right now we're in the era of the introduction of what Google is calling the search generative experience or SGE uh, in the Google search results. And what that really means is that right now in beta via Google labs, Um, You can get access to see how Google is sort of thinking about and starting to integrate um, AI into the search results. And ultimately, nothing is really changing with Google in terms of its overall mission. Um, The Google, you know, search generative experience is designed to help you. And this is their quote, help you better learn and make sense of information on the web. And uh, and so if you start to experiment a bit with Google's search generative experience, um, you can actually get your hands um, on this beta now and start to, to get comfortable with it so that you can help navigate your customers um, through this new landscape. Interesting. And where is that at? Is that like I'm looking at a blog post right now for uh SGE, but is that like for like I, I'm not familiar with labs myself. Is that something you sign up for? Exactly. You can like, go in and yeah. sign up for it. If you go to labs.google slash slash um SGE, you'll uh see a little prompt there that says how to get this experience, and you can click get started. And really it'll just sort of be an add-on to your to your Google login. So if you're you know on Chrome and you're logged in and you've got the uh labs turned on you'll be able to start to get your hands on and and visually see um, the search generative experience. Interesting. Okay. I'll make sure we link that in the show notes too. And I'm going to sign up for it as well. So is it like, is it prompts basically? I mean, how I haven't tried it out myself and for a lot lot of folks who are interested or curious about this. Yeah. What's the experience like? Is it just, yeah. Can you, I know we're on a audio podcast right now, so we're not looking at it visually, but uh, yeah. What's it, what's it like? What should we expect? Yeah. So the big thing with Google search generative experience is it's more conversational as we see with AI and what ends up happening. Uh, you put in a query, you know, a search into Google. And I really look at the Google um, search landscape as being very blocky. So you have kind of rows and different sections and depending on your query, you see different, um, you know, different results. So if you do a search for something like a local business, best 
um, you know, restaurant in Denver, you're going to get local business results integrated. And if you search for something like red, uh, red running shoes, you're going to get more product integrated into Google. And so the search generative experience is quite similar. It's a row that goes full width, um, across the results. Typically, the traditional paid ads are above the search generative experience and the organic or free listings are below it. So it's kind of a new section um, to Google search results. It usually has sort of a pale purple, green or blue, um, you know, color as the background. And it says across mm. the top, um, generative AI is experimental and info quality may uh, vary. So there is a little, you know, caveat okay. on its results. And um, in the in the generative AI experience, you get a bit of a combination of results. The first thing you get is text-based response. So if I put in a query like, say, um, is December a good time to visit uh, New York City? The, there's going to be some generative AI content um, that tries to answer the question that I just put into Google right there in the search results. And then there are going to be um, some snippets of results um, that also, uh, you know, prompt me to actually go in and, and look at websites. So there are still links to websites in this generative AI experience. And you can even use this little down arrow um, within the text to see what sources are sort of helping to inform the AI. So you can still get some citation uh, visibility as to like, well, how did Google answer if December is a good time to visit New York City um, and generate that content? And um, and then below, you get a prompt to essentially ask a follow-up. And so uh, what we're really seeing uh, in the generative AI experience is, one, it encourages follow-up searches. So when you think about, mm. if we stay in this vein of like travel planning, when you think about that, you see essentially right now, the way you do it is you search for something about, you know, is it a good time? Then you might search for something around flights. Then you may search for something around lodging. You may search around things to do, but there's no learning. There's no learning as to the um, maybe the tone of my searches. Maybe I'm searching for a family mm -hmm. trip um, or a girls weekend or something like that. With generative AI, there's um, it's more sequential. And so as I uh, put in queries and then ask follow-ups, I'm training up the AI um, to understand sort of, in this case, my use case of, of who I'm, you know, planning a trip around and things like that. So I think that part of, uh, of this experience on Google is, is quite cool. So as a strategy for web designer, I would imagine the follow-up stuff could almost be a new... SEO game to where you may be thinking of not just posting one blog post, but several that might be in and around almost like a layer back, right? Like, I, like for me, maybe I'll have like start how to start a web design business, but then maybe we have how to get your first web design clients, how to, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to think like, what are the next follow up questions that folks would have? Exactly. So part of the strategy here is to take a topic and uh, and break it into sequential pieces and to create content uh, that resonates with each step of the way because of that sequential nature. And so um, that that is absolutely an opportunity. And I see that as a bit of a, a shift. We've already been there, which is when we would have chatted a few years ago, um, we would have talked about creating comprehensive content. Um, there's a lot of conversation around what is your cornerstone content? You could flag something as cornerstone. 
Cornerstone and in Yoast and stuff like that. And we all created definitive guides, the definitive guide to creating a web design business or definitive guide to Google Analytics. And uh, ultimately now what we see resonating with Google, and this was even before the search generative experience, but even more true with the search generative experience, is that breaking apart an area of expertise into a series of posts um, is a better um, experience. And a large part of that is, is because it's a better user experience. I don't mm. know about you, but definitive guides are overwhelming to read. They're overwhelming to write. Um, and you walk away with like 10 takeaways. Um, that's too much. Whereas, yeah, it's funny. Go ahead. It, it reminds me of, sorry, I mean to cut you off. It reminds me of uh, what I did as a blog author for Elegant Themes. That's kind of how I got started with, with this side of my online business. And what I would do is I literally wrote series, like they were like four or five part blog series, which I didn't think were revolutionary or different at the time, but it actually comes to find out like it was kind of, I hate to say it sounds douchey, but it was a little bit ahead of its time in the way of how, yeah, like how you consume content in the way of like how SEO is finding things. I would imagine that might be tricky though, if it's a series, unless, unless Google's smart enough to know to start at part one. I don't know what, what would that look like if there, if it's a series? Cause I've tried YouTube series before and they don't tend to do well, at least on YouTube, but that may be different than, than blog posts. Yeah. When I think about a series, I really think about the customer acquisition journey for whatever audience that I'm targeting. And so if we talk about planning, we talk about creating content at the B upper part of the funnel, which is going to be around things like, um, is it a good time to visit there? Is it a good place to go for whatever your group size? Is it expensive? People might be looking, um, you know, for, should I go here or there? So comparison searches, so, you know, step one of my of my architecture here um, is all that very like early, early travel planning. And then you get into the next and you start to think, OK, well, what should the content be around um, the next step, which is usually getting flights? People want to nail down their their dates. Should I go there or not for my business? Does it make sense? And then we talk lodging and then we talk things to do and restaurant content, et cetera. And so, you know, if you're creating individual pieces of content, Google may not have the order totally dialed in in the series, um, but they'll certainly meet the piece of content with the query um, so that they find it. And then in your user experience, if something is part of a series um, and we do this on the Pathfinder site, we have a, you know, a whole section of like five or six blog posts all about selling SEO and um, they are sequential, but you may come into the conversation midpoint. You may search for something like SEO proposal templates and not know that there were like three articles ahead of that in the series. And so we gotcha. introduce that in that user experience to say, hey, this post is part of a series. Um, and, and we try to get users to not just digest the piece of content they're reading, but to recognize, hey... I can go and check this out all step by step um, and and do gotcha. so here. And this is all around this idea of ask a follow up, right? Like this this sequence kind of approach. Exactly. So it's all about this concept of ask a follow up. And really, um, this is long, you know, we're talking about newness in Google with the search generative experience. Um, but if you take a step back and think about people also ask the uh, the section with questions, yeah. Um, there has long been value from an SEO standpoint and from a user standpoint of creating content around questions and doing so in sort of a sequential uh, manner. 
And so this isn't new. It's more of a, hey, this is a time to kind of double down your efforts there or to ask yourself, like, how am I doing in mapping that customer journey and meeting people along the way, knowing that uh, in the era of the search generative experience going live for all users on Google, um, we are going to see more follow-up questions and we're going to see probably more question-based queries in the search results. Mm. I was just thinking, just looking at the landing page for this, again, I haven't tried it out yet myself, but just looking at the the page on Google, which is again, labs.google slash SGE, it really looks like a more, almost like a more guided experience for current SERPs. Like it really is just, I mean, the people also ask is 100%, uh, what, what's the, what is it? I'll ask a follow-up. Like that's what I was wondering if this is just a way to like, yeah, just make it a more guided experience instead of having somebody having to scroll down and then see the section that says people also ask. It's just a button now that says ask a follow-up. Exactly. That kind of, that's my interpretation of, is that fair enough? As yeah, far as like, this absolutely. I agree. And what, so I'm kind of curious, what is new here? Is, is there something that's revolutionary with, with this experience that's not currently on SERPs? Well, the first thing is that there is AI generated content. And so right now, um, when you think about you do a search, um, and sometimes Google does try to answer the question directly in the search result, right? So you search, is it a good time to visit this place? And they grab a snippet of the content out of a web page and they put it on Google and then they cite right below it, hey, this is where it came from. So Google's already been playing in this idea that, uh, essentially we want to basically provide some insight and information directly in the search results page. But that content is verbatim pulled from websites. And so mm -hmm. um, now one of the big differences is uh, Google is using AI to actually generate the response um, that they're putting in there. And so instead of grabbing okay. the content from a web page, there's AI generated content. Um, and so that's part of where it says this is experimental and, and info quality may vary. Um, and so that's one of the newnesses to it all. Um, the other bit of newness is that uh, in the featured results or in that generative AI experience, there are generally speaking kind of one horizontal and one vertical play for more information. And so over on the right hand side of this section, there's a carousel that features three listings. You can think of them as organic listings right now. They're free and uh, and they uh, are basically website results that relate to the query. So there okay. is still an opportunity to get visibility in terms of kind of free or organic traffic. The algorithm that is powering those carouseled results um, does not perfectly align with the algorithm that is then uh, providing the organic results in the traditional search uh, landscape that's right below this section. And so okay. one of the frustrating points right now can be that you go and you do a search for something that you, your client or you own, like a space you're already number one or number two. Um, and then you find that, yes, we're number one or one, number two in that organic listing below the search generative experience, but we're number like nine in the carousel. Um, mm. And so there's not perfect alignment there. And sometimes it feels, you know, I've seen in the, I do a lot of work in the travel space. I've seen websites get like all three listings, like a TripAdvisor get all three listings and then the top three organic listings not even be in the in the mix. And so okay. there is some frustration here 
um, about how essentially relevant uh, sometimes the results are that are getting this really high placement in the visibility. Side note, every web designer listening to this right now or watching this has become infinitely more valuable this second, because the next time your client asks you, how can I get to the top of Google? You can say, well, which listing? The carousel, the generative experience, regular SEO recommended. They'll be like, what? You're a genius. Uh, so this is fascinating, I think, because like I'm wondering how clients are going to perceive this. I mean, this is brand new to me. So I imagine the I'd say the, the the world at large probably doesn't know anything about this. Like when is, do you know when this is going to be rolled out or how this is going to be rolled out to, to the masses? Good question. So it's been in beta for quite a bit now and only available to people in the U S it recently, a couple <laughs> weeks ago opened up uh, to being available. And I think it was like 150 something countries. So it's definitely going more worldwide in its beta availability um, but there is no date yet as to when this is just going to become Google's standard experience. Okay. And um, and so we don't actually know. I would anticipate it'll be in 2024. And I was just following along with other AI news um, that Google did have um, its kind of competitor to chat GPT um, coming out. Uh, and they were going to do it in between the holidays, in between uh, kind of, or, you know, sometime in December. And they pushed it to January. And so, you know, I think um, I'm not anticipating personally this being live on like January 1st and yeah. um, and feeling like the rug gets pulled out from under us. Um, but ultimately, you know, my guess, if I had to, you know, hazard a guess, maybe end of Q1. Um, so things certainly seem to be moving in that direction. Uh, and and it is new, but ultimately, you know, I think your value as a as a web designer and professional goes way up when you can communicate something like this to your clients and help them navigate through um, this transition. Absolutely. And most SEOs out there are going to do this the way SEOs do things, which is with like kind of more of a fear based system and creating the value of their relationship with their client based on, Hey, Google is changing again. And if you don't invest in SEO, you're going to get left behind, et cetera. And that's never been um, our approach to SEO because yeah. ultimately in the, you know, 15 years I've been working on SEO, I'm really still talking about the same thing. I'm still talking about the value of quality content and great yeah. user experience. I'm still talking about the need to, get high quality backlinks from genuine sources like actual partnerships, not spammy schemes. And ultimately that all holds true um, in this era. And so if anything, as a web designer, your value goes up um, by taking a complex topic and introducing it to a client. I've been doing that just via a call with a Zoom where I can show them the search generative experience in their keyword space, like do a search and show them, hey, this is what's coming and down the road, this is in labs, et cetera. And, uh, and communicating to them the what, what is it? Communicating to them what the opportunity is. So like, hey, there's some cool spaces that you know we're gonna wanna try to get visibility for your site in and there's an opportunity here communicating to them what your concerns might be. Like one of our concerns for many clients is that click-through rates might go down. You get the information on Google. And so now instead of clicking through to a website, you actually digest that information right here and you do another search. And so we may see a decrease in traffic 
um, because of the experience, this new experience. And, and what does that mean for us? Uh, does it, you know, and, and our strategy. So we communicate the what, we communicate the opportunity, we communicate the concerns that are, or the what we're going to watch. Um, and we talk about then uh, and how we're going to evolve the strategy and, and what we're going to do in the coming year and how last year we talked a lot about things like the transition to Google Analytics 4 with our customers. And now we're going to be talking about this transition into the generative experience and that we can add value by helping our customers navigate this. Well, I love that approach to sharing with your with your customers a little bit about the what and the the why, the how, the concerns. And honestly, that could be a, a level back too. I would challenge everybody right now, like literally when everyone's listening to this or watching this, today or this week, send a note to your clients and let them know if they didn't know, Google AI is going to be here pretty soon. And just let them know you're learning more about it. And that's it. That's all you have to do. And it's amazing how many upsells and additional work that will lead to. And the cool thing is you don't have to sell anything. You don't have to know about it yet or know you don't have to know the what, the how, the why yet. Just let them know, hey, this is coming down the road for all for all my clients. We're going to keep up to date on this because Google is going to roll this out. and We want to make sure we're well prepared for your website on the SEO front. So I just wanted to issue that challenge to everybody. Like, I'm, I, And I'm not kidding about this. Send a email to all of your clients saying, this is what's coming down the road. We're going to keep on top of this for you. We'll, we'll let you know more. Um, and, and then to your, your point, Lindsay, yeah, like back that up as you learn a little more about it with the what, what to expect, that kind of thing. And you don't need to be an SEO expert. I mean, even this conversation is probably enough to, to give people a good idea of, of just the basic functionality of this and the differences. But um, like what an opportunity for web designers to continue to have value compared to most everybody else by just keeping up to date with what the heck's going on with technology. Like it's not something to be feared. It can be utilized. I don't want to say you can milk it for, for more business or new clients, but you can keep your clients coming back to you by just staying on top of trends or new tools and tech. Absolutely. And I love that. Just, you don't have to have all the answers. You're just telling them, Hey, things are evolving. And just so you know, we're on top of it. We'd be happy to talk to you about it. If you want us to, to, if you want to schedule a call um, and talk about, you know, how we anticipate this um, impacting your business next year and just use it as and, and I think this is always a great time of year, kind of the end of the year, beginning of the year to reach out to customers and have a conversation that's not in the weeds on, um, you know, tasks and execution of, of work, but rather strategic and big picture. How's business? Yeah. What are your goals for next year? Hey, here's what's happening in the, in our industry. Let me, you share about your business. Let me share about what I'm seeing in Google. And it's a soft sell opportunity. If you don't have clients on monthly SEO retainers, um, 2024 would be a really great year for your customers to invest in SEO services, even at a maintenance level, so that you can follow along on their performance and communicate to them in a monthly report and, um, and help them navigate this change, maybe help them create a content strategy um, in alignment with, um, you know, the, the idea of series and questions and conversational, um, search and things like that happening. So to me, it's nothing but an opportunity. And, uh, and it's just one of these big ways that you add value and create contrast between your services and the way many others are talking about SEO. 
um, which is more of, like I mentioned, kind of that fear, um, mm. fear-based tactic. Yeah. Gosh, that's so well said. And going back to what you said a little bit ago, it makes me feel better knowing that you've been in the game for so long. And what I've learned, and I've, I've learned this as a web designer, I think you've probably seen this with SEO. It's like the mission doesn't change. Google's mission has always been to get people to the right blog or resource or information they need. But the tactics change, the experience may change. And that's really what I'm seeing with this is it's like, like we just glanced over It's a lot of the same stuff. It's just packaged differently. There's, there are some new things with AI and you know everything else, but a lot of it goes back to good quality, real authentic content and like a, a, almost like a, an intentional SEO strategy versus just random stuff, random information. Yeah. And so when I started in SEO, you know, 15 years ago and would go to SEO conferences and things like that, there was a lot of, um, in the industry space, it being sort of like you having a secret, um, and you had tricks and things up your sleeves. And that was really the vibe of what SEO was. It was done in a back office. Um, you chased any little, um, guidance or detail that Google gave and then tried to come up with tactics, um, hopefully long term, but often many SEOs were doing short term tactics. And it, it was all sort of secretive and stuff mm. that you couldn't always explain to your client. Were they like real world? Were thing, they like you know? put, put all your keywords in white in the white section of the footer of your website so no one yeah, knows? Yeah, tricks, right? <laughs> yeah. And and we all kind of knew tricks, and it was like, yeah, cloak um, your content so that you can't read it, and just put the keyword over and over again, or stuff keywords into your alt text. Um, and those were sort of relatively benign things people were doing. There were people doing all sorts of, uh, you know, really, um, darker tricks that like, uh, you know, kind of abused Google's, um, terms of service. And when you had to tell your client, what did you do for them last month on part of a retainer? You would write things that didn't make real world sense. Like there was no real world value. And so to me, at that point, SEO was really a specialized field. You had to have a lot of depth of expertise sort of in just the game of SEO. And what I've really enjoyed over the years um, is that the gamification has gone away and the secrets have gone away because really what's happening in Google is that um, it's all about creating helpful, reliable, people-first content. Um, and it's all about creating websites that are all about great user experience. And it's about real world marketing. It's about joining a podcast and getting a backlink to your website or sponsoring an event and getting listed on that client on that, that website and getting a link back, um, to your website. And so really in today's era, offering SEO services is just to me a small add-on and a skill set to what you're already doing and helping them with web design and development and content marketing because really you're just layering in um, starting to communicate about things like the search generative experience but that the actual action items make total real world sense um, and and you're doing it in collaboration in partnership with your customer. Gosh, that's well said. So this, I mean, is this basically just Google AI? Is that kind of the simple way to think about this? Yeah, it's Google's AI integration into the search results. So Google AI is going to have all sorts of different, you know, rollouts and use cases. But this is sort of how Google is integrating on Google.com in the search results, um, which is obviously a core component, uh, this concept of, of AI. And for anyone who's brand new into this, uh, so if you hear us talk about SERPs, it's search engine results page, 
I'm curious from your your perspective, Lindsay, because the last time we chatted, I believe Google had not rolled out the like the long scroll. So there's there's no like pages and searches anymore. But you, clients still say, how do you get to, how can I get to the first page of Google? But the, Google doesn't function like that. I don't think, right? Are there any or is it would you have to have an outdated browser or something that would still search in pages or or is it 100 percent all scroll now? Yeah, so the the scroll experience um, does seem to be the the primary direction that could obviously change. Google changes and experiments with things with the search uh, layout. And when clients come to you, um, you know, we get prospects coming to us with all sorts of different things. But um, when they come to you, oftentimes um, they have sort of stated goals and real world goals. And so they might talk about wanting to be number one for a keyword or on page one for a keyword um, but ultimately, that's not really their goal. That might be something that bugs them, like they search and they don't see their website there. But ultimately, they have real world goals. And their real world goals are things like increasing sales, generating more leads, um, etc. And so they have their real world business goals. And that's actually what you want to measure up to because um, it's getting harder in this era to, to perfectly, um, you know, align our goals with things like keyword rankings and sessions because the rankings, um, are, are super dynamic. It's more about visibility on the page. Like I want to be in the paid results, the search generative experience and the organic and the local search listings, mm. you know, and so it's more about visibility on this scrolly dynamic page, which is hard to measure. Um, but that is kind of the, one of the end goals. Then, yes, we want more traffic, but we talked about how click-through rates may go down in some cases. So you may still have really good visibility, but people kind of get what they needed in that moment. But when they do, they build brand visibility. So they may not click through to your website in this era of kind of instant answers on Google, but they get exposed to your brand um, in their sort of early journey uh, yeah. to becoming a customer. But once they get transactional, once they're actually kind of like ready to get going, um, that's where, you know, where we might see the traffic come into the websites. And, and then ultimately what we want to be measuring our campaigns to the best of our ability on are those real world business metrics. And so there's a bit of reeducation with clients to say, yeah, I, I hear you, you want to be higher on Google and I hear you, you want more sessions. Um, but I want to make sure that we're all clear that ultimately the success of our campaign is based on the success of your business. Yeah. Um, and that we are, you know, investing in SEO is investing in one of the main cogs that turns that wheel of lead generation and sales. And we may not have perfect attribution every month to say, you know, here's your ranking and here's how much traffic you're getting, et cetera. Um, what we really want to measure back against is are those key performance indicators. That's good. Yeah. Cause there's kind of a, a vanity metric versus, or like I said, the real world metric, like the, the actual metric we need to worry about, which is like, yeah, growing the business. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be number one on Google, but, uh, if it's not actually growing your business or if it's not the right term, uh, could be all, you know, a lot, a lot of work for a direction we didn't really need to go down. You mentioned local, the local listings. How is this going to impact Google My Business, and or how how's that going to work? With or yeah. is this going to be implemented on that side of things? It is, and so if you do a local intent query, um, you know, like best restaurant in, and then a city or best restaurants near me. 
Um, you're going to get still a search generative experience. Um, and in it, there's going to be a, a small snippet that kind of just summarizes, um, you know, I'm looking at a screen here. It says Baltimore, Maryland has many good places for brunch, including spots known for their coffee and stuff. So I said best Baltimore brunch. And then right below that little AI generated space, um, are a series of local businesses being featured and there's a maps listing. This mm. is all in the generative AI experience. Okay. And, um, you can see that the data from Google maps is helping to power and inform this section. So you have, um, star ratings and number of ratings. Um, you have categorization, you know, of, of what category it's in. But then there's like a little snippet of content and the snippet of content is AI generated. Um, and it's again, an amalgamation of, um, of content, some of which are actually the content in the reviews. You see it say, um, in the AI, sometimes it'll say some people say, and then it synthesizes 25 reviews about that business that are on Google Maps into, you know, a, a one sentence phrase. Mm. Um, so there's still some AI happening and, and some content generation essentially, but that, um, foundation of your Google Maps listing and having a verified listing with good reviews with, um, you know, correct, correct categorization and images. All of that is going to be um, as helpful, you know, tomorrow as it is today. Okay. I figured Google business profile would be Im implemented in that somehow. So that makes a ton of sense. What about search console? Do you know how this would affect or I mean, again, I mean, being that they're all under the Google umbrella, I would imagine it's all working together, but I wonder what search console will look like as far as the dashboard goes with AI, because like you said, that's going to change so much with people perhaps not clicking through, but I would imagine it's still going to get the queries, although maybe there's going to be new sections that are like the recommended or, or the um, yeah, like the, the ask a follow-up kind of thing. I imagine, I mean, the ask a follow-up is going to be like a huge aspect to SEO moving forward, especially with. Yes. Yeah. I, I anticipate the Google Search Console will evolve to to provide us um, performance-based data, at least this is my hope, um, around visibility in this section. And, you know, the question starts to become, uh, right now, you know, in the Search Console, we can see performance data, like here's the keyword, here's how many impressions you got, here's your average position, here's how many clicks and your click-through rate. So we get this insight into visibility um, in organic search through the console and it's certainly my hope that the generative AI experience will have something similar um, because we still want to be able to go back to our clients and we still need to manage campaigns with, with some of that informed data. Um, what I think about in terms of some of the core data here, though, and, and what gives me some relief of how am I going to move my clients from being obsessed with increasing the number of sessions mm -hmm. every month from organic search to this new world where sessions may um, not increase with the with the speed at which they're custom um, is this idea that businesses brands invest in display advertising and they invest in like programmatic mm -hmm. and other advertising types that doesn't that don't have great attribution That's they put point. direct money into that. And what they look at are things like impressions. Like even like billboards, they, right? Like you're, no one's stopping on the side of the road and clicking something uh, with a billboard, but it does leave an impression. They obviously works to some degree. 
Exactly. And so I anticipate in addition to, um, you know, that, that as SEO professionals and the data that we're going to get out of the search console and SEO softwares and things, hopefully we'll start to, um, model more of that kind of impression based data so that our discussion with clients is a lot of around brand visibility. Um, and it's not always the direct attribution of, Hey, the person searched for this, clicked on your website and spent a hundred dollars. Um, that was a win that we're going to have to be a little bit more willing to give some of that, um, really specific, uh, tracking away and to look at some other core data pieces that signal, um, what our ultimate goal is, which is sort of building a business, building a brand's visibility, um, on Google. So the idea of impressions, I imagine this could get really tricky with crawlers and bots. I, this is top of mind because I just had a student in my community, Web Designer Pro, message me saying her Google Analytics traffic was completely different from a couple other tracking uh, softwares, which I know is really common mm-hmm. as far as uh, it was labeled like human traffic and, and, and sessions versus, uh, yeah, like different page views and stuff. So I'm wondering with impressions, and I don't know how much you've thought about this or know about this at this point, but like, I wonder, I just wonder what that's going to do with the bot side of things, you know, like, I don't know how the heck they would track that, <laughs> especially, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm, I can imagine, you know, like a bot kind of thing is just going to be going through all the things and it could look like an impression, but I don't know. I imagine it's easier to track a bot, I guess, on the site directly versus a query or impressions. I don't know. Maybe not though. Yeah, I guess, again, if we go back to this landscape of the paid advertising space, um, bots, spam, et cetera, are a huge risk to Google's business because you're not going to invest um, in Google ads if you think that your competitor or bots are clicking in, on your right. ads and using all of your ad spend, right? So there's already been all these safeguards that, that have been put in place um, in the ads landscape to protect the end user that you're really getting in front of the right audience um, and that the data you're looking at is something you can trust as being real people, you know, that that meet your specifications of, of your campaign. And I think, you know, hopefully that will be true with, with whatever comes forward um, with tracking performance in this generative AI um, experience on Google. Yeah, and maybe it's even a better safeguard for, for bots instead of just the standard... Google SERP page, maybe it is like in order to go into the AI side of things, maybe that is much more of a human. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but I do wonder if maybe that is a better safeguard. Maybe that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons they're doing it to better protect that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, these are probably conversations, yeah, being held uh, day in, day out right now, um, you know, in Google, Yahoo and Bing as as this, uh, this all evolves. Yeah. So will this roll out as... To your knowledge, will this roll out just automatically for Google? Like it's just eventually going to be a part of of any time you search or is it going to be optional or will it be optional for a while and then it'll just be standard? Do you know what the roadmap looks like for it? We don't know exactly what the roadmap from uh, the experts that I've kind of followed along. Most people are saying that they think this will just become Google. Like we won't talk about it as it's sort of like, you know, an added block or whatever. It won't be an on off thing or an option or a slow rollout that it'll just um, become the new landscape on Google. And the other, you know, that's one thing people are following. The other thing is that different 
keyword spaces have different um, use cases of this AI and the search generative experience. And so um, one other thing people have been following along with is like, well, AI in the travel space feels relatively low risk mm -hmm. because um, we're talking about something kind of, uh, you know, fun. It's travel, it's, um, it's informational, et cetera. Um, but you start to think about AI for health-based queries and oh AI gosh. for um, queries around finances and money. And what you can see if you do and, and play with the labs there is there's places Google will go and places Google won't go. And so if you search for something as simple as like um, just like factual information about health or money, like what is a simple IRA, the generative AI experience will will generate something. If you put something in that's more um, consultative, like how much should I be saving for retirement mm. at 40 years old with a family with five kids or whatever it might be, then all of a sudden Google's like, whoa, whoa, the generative AI shouldn't go there um, and and takes a different course. Gotcha. And so um, that's those are some of the lines that we're watching in different industry spaces um, and so if you are working with clients that are in, you know, the health space or in um, the financial services space, those are, you know, kind of different entities to be thinking about with the search generative experience. Okay. So one question that I have as I'm thinking about the next few months, like staying on top of this, and I'm sure everyone else is thinking too, uh, what are some of the best resources to like, what are your resources for keeping on top of this? Do you have any top sites or so, people you'd recommend following? Yeah. So the, you know, couple of resources are great. Search Engine Journal um, puts out a lot of great content uh, just around search engines and, and is a good place to kind of go and, and, uh, and check things out. Subscribing to newsletters, um, you know, like I'm on the Yoast newsletter and a bunch of other SEO oriented newsletters. Um, and just kind of seeing what other people are saying um, is another really good way to, to follow um, along. But really what I, what I have been trying to do is, um, is really to stay hands on with it myself mm -hmm. because you can read all about it. You can listen to, you know, us talk about it. But, um, if you start to use, uh, you know, this in your searches and you start to see what the landscape looks like for your clients, you can kind of follow along with this trajectory. Um, and I really think right now it's just about getting your feet wet, getting hands on communicating with customers, hey, we're learning about this, hey, this is coming, here's what it is, um, et cetera. Um, and then the, the other piece um, is sort of increasing if you are doing content marketing for clients, if you are offering SEO services, you know, we're increasing our efforts in some areas. Um, one is just creating question-based content and integrating it on clients' websites. And when I think about FAQ or just question-based content, you know, there are a lot of different ways that that can be integrated into a website. One is you can write a whole blog post on a question. So you can write a blog post about, you know, what is Google search generative experience and that it can be a, a question at the top. Um, you can also go back and restructure questions in the headers on old blog posts or in old content where you may have had a statement, you can kind of reframe that as a question okay. um, and uh, and kind of optimize some of your old posts to include more questions. You can add an FAQ section to the bottom of a services page, bottom of a product collection page, or bottom of a blog post. Um, so these are some of the actions that we're kind of just taking a step back here at year end for clients and saying, hey, we're just going to increase our effort in an area that will resonate with the search engines today because people already put questions into the search results and there's already the, you know, people also ask yeah. section. 
um, but will um, probably even multiply in its value as um, the generative AI experience. Are you guys out. writing about this for your, your the Pathfinder blog? Are you? Are you? Yeah. So we're writing about it. Um, I don't have any. I don't. Uh, most of our writing on AI right now is in the platform um, for customers and, and resources there. But we're starting to do more webinars and more talks and things like that. Um, on this topic. And as bigger developments come out, um, we will certainly be, you know, putting out uh, webinars and, and things like that. Um, as we just kind of increase try to increase everybody's awareness yeah. around. Uh, I was going to say I've, right now, it's probably just a lot of like, well, here's what it looks like. But yeah, it's, it was funny because I plan to re revamp my SEO course in 2024. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I am not doing that until this is more fleshed out because this is going to be such a huge part of SEO moving forward. So uh, it's very like me to like redo a course or do a tutorial. And then like two months later, the UI is different. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's one of the things we're uh, we're kind of trying to navigate, um, you know, in Pathfinder for customers and any blog posts we write is like, how quickly does something become outdated yeah. um, on this topic and uh, and creating resources that have a little bit of longevity. But ultimately, um, you know, things with Google evolve more than they change. And so, you know, yes, you want to try to stay up to date and read and, and get hands on. Um, but then just starting to chat with it with clients, see what questions they ask. You don't have to have the answer to it right away. You can say, that's a great question. Let me get back to you. And then you kind of know the next like layer or thing to go and learn about. Again, very well said. I love this approach, Lindsay, because it, it, it is an exciting time. And the reality is, like, like you said earlier, just going, I want to reiterate this. It's not like this is a complete change. It's not like this is something different. And writing content is still going to be the same, right? Like, will this affect HTML structure or best practices? I imagine that was all the same. It's just the display is different. You know, like the search, the actual search is a little bit different. Exactly. So yeah, we call it kind of a holistic approach to SEO when you're investing in technical SEO, content marketing, on-site optimization, and then off-site SEO. And with this evolution and different businesses need to invest more heavily in different areas of that sort of um, four pillar framework. But with this, um, you know, investing in content marketing and just it's user first experience, creating content for the end user that's displayed in a way that is, you know, visually appealing for that uh, end user and easy to digest. That's a big part of the game. And then the other big part of the game is staying um, out there in the conversation. So um, being out there, you know, getting more reviews on Google Maps, um, picking up backlinks from trustworthy websites, being part of conversations um, happening around an industry topic. That's how you build trust and authority. Um, and that's how you build expertise and, and share experience. And that's really all Google's looking for and trying to reward. Yep, that's well said. And again, very exciting, I think, overall. Uh, for web designers, because this is, we're entering in a new era of like, of helping clients with SEO. And like you said, web designers are already doing a lot of this. It's just packaging it up differently. And again, I just want to reiterate the challenge to let your clients know this is up ahead and that's it. You don't need to know anything more right now. You can let them know. You'll keep them up to date. But step one is just let them know uh, changes are coming as far as AI goes and, and SEO. So very, very cool, Lindsay. I'll make sure we link your blog as well on the resources here. So a lot of good resources really answered a lot of my questions initially with this being that, you know, 
SEO is not my area of expertise. So I really rely on like you and, and a few other close colleagues who are up and up on this. So I really appreciate you sharing what you know, what you guys are seeing. Um, where would you like people to go? Is there a resource that folks should go to to connect with you and Pathfinder to either stay up on this or find out more about what you guys are up to? Yes, you can always go to our website, pathfinderseo.com, uh, and stay up to date with what we're up to. Under the resources section, you'll find a blog, uh, you'll find uh, webinars and things like that, where you're welcome to join us for free training and, and get some great resources there. Um, and uh, and then I'm on social media, not as consistently as I should be, but you're also always welcome to email me with questions, lindsay at pathfinderseo, and that'll get you the, the quickest response. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Lindsay. Well, thank you again for the other round. Maybe we'll do a round three when SGE goes live and uh, we'll see how right or wrong we were with this conversation on what our hypo- hypothesis were or hypotheses were. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks so much, Josh, for having me and for all of you for uh, for listening in. Uh, it's always fun to have these conversations with you and uh, and I hope everyone has a great day. There we have it, friends. Whether you like it or not, Google AI is upon us. Again, time frame is is TBD. I've seen a few different things on that. I'm trying to keep pulse on it, but um, we did mention some resources there. Go to the show notes for this episode at joshhall.co slash 313 to get all the links that we did mention, uh, including the Google-specific announcement which they released last year, but has some more details on this this search experience. And uh, you can actually sign up, I believe, for beta access still as of now. Uh, so yeah, it's coming soon. And again, I encourage you to take what you learned in this episode, go to the show notes and make it into a newsletter or just link it to the podcast if you really want. But most of your clients want to hear from you. So take it, make it your own, make a little bullet list of things we covered, send it to your clients, let them know, hey, Google AI is coming soon. We're going to be prepared for this once it does drop and we want to help you. So, and again, it's an upsell. So this conversation is literally a way to make more money with your web design business and get new clients and retain them. So again, I highly encourage you to do that. Why wouldn't you do that? You're going to do it. You're a listener of the show. You're serious about this. Let's go friends. So make sure to do that. By the way, I didn't want to forget to mention that Lindsay is going to be coming inside of my web design community, Web Designer Pro, and doing a presentation on this, a live training, and is going to answer your questions in April of 2024. So if you're listening to this before April of 2024, you can watch the training live and be there to ask questions. If you come in after that, you'll be able to watch the replay and still get caught up in the chat uh, in the in the comments as well. So that's going to be inside of Web Designer Pro here coming up in April 2024. Yet another reason to join us in Web Designer Pro, my coaching community, where you get all my courses, the amazing community, and access to me directly for coaching. JoshHull.co slash pro is where to join us in there. All right, friends, cheers to staying up to date on what the heck's going on with AI and Google. And again, send this to your clients. You, you'll thank me later once those checks start rolling in just by sending an email, letting them know what's going on. All right, I've said it like three times already. All right, friends, I will see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. 